Hey, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Horror Film Lovers. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got an awesome, awesome, awesome show for you guys. Uh, we've got my co-host here. Uh, how are you doing, Sarah Atkins? I'm doing pretty well. All right. Good, good. And we've got our uh, special guest here. How are you doing, Samantha Marie? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. You're very welcome. Um, so I picked this episode uh, for the month of May, and um, we're actually recording this the day before it goes out, because it's going to go out on a Friday, which is not normal, but we were unable to, to get this done earlier, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff that just happened. and Scheduling uh, conflicts, yeah, but we got, we got it. Well, we got we it done. It. We're, we're doing it, so it's all good. But um, it's coming out, so it's coming out you know, tomorrow, which is going to be awesome. Um, but this is, uh, so this is the fun thing about it is I picked Cabin Fever. Well, very well knowing that's, this is like one of Sam's favorite films, basically, you know, well, I know it's his favorite favorite director. So I was like, do you want to come on the show? And of course she was like, hell yeah. You know, anytime talking about Cabin Fever, she was down. Well, you know Uh, me, like any, any like a podcast of the week, I'm like, but this one I was like, yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, it's not, it's no busted, which will be out next (laughs) month on Indie Film Cafe where you'll. It's always funner when it's movies, you know, you like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. exactly. Because sometimes those are fun to, you know. It's fun to rip on ones you know you really hate, but at least you're not going blindly into it. Like, you've seen the movie, you know what to expect, you know you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a mystery movie. Definitely. And you know what? I think I told you this, Sarah, when I was watching it, maybe even you, Sam, but when I was watching it last night, it gave me goosebumps, like in the beginning of the movie, because. I just it gave me this like warm feeling of remembering like the first time sitting in the I think I was I no I was not in the theater for the first one and that was because apparently I guess it didn't come to my town or something my Uh town only had a few movies did not have a lot back then nowadays it has a lot more but back then didn't really have as many so I think it was probably playing at an AMC up up in Hampton but um I, I know I, I did get to rent it and I was really excited because all my friends said they hated it, you know? Really? And yeah. All my friends are all like non-horror people. So I was like, Ooh, cause they're saying it's gory. It what? What year did it come out? Cause I want to say, I remember. 2002. Okay. So 2002. Yeah. It's okay, literally 20 years old. School. I remember having the DVD. That's well, about 20 and back years. Then, like I didn't watch a whole lot of horror because, you know, like I said, I, when I grew up, I didn't like horror. So for me, that was a newer one, um, new to yeah. horror, because I hadn't seen any of the classics or anything. And uh, I'm more about the gore and the death scenes. So I, I did enjoy that. Yeah. Um, it was fun re-watching it since I haven't watched it since like 2002. And mm-hmm. I watched it with my partner who's never seen it. So it was pretty, pretty fun watch. Yeah, I, I remember I was I see I grew up loving horror movies, but then I also love Boy Meets World. So it was oh, yeah, like, no, really, no. like, it was like my wet so dream. It was like writer yeah. strong and horror. I was like, oh, yeah, no, no. I was a Boy Meets World fanatic myself. Uh, so I, I look at this movie. I'm like, it's Sean. It's the sexy bad boy. And, you know, like I was thinking I was like, how genius was he? Because, you know, like like boy like men who like horror they're not like fangirls like there's something to right. say about fangirls like they're crazy so he was oh, very yeah, smart yeah. he was so yeah. smart getting writer strong 
Yeah. Um, I don't, from what I remember hearing, um, when I watched like some commentaries and stuff, uh, Eli Roth wasn't even a Boy Meets World like watcher. You know, he didn't watch the show. He wasn't even a fan. Like he didn't do it because he didn't get pick writer because he was Sean. You know, now me, like I would be like, oh my God, writer strong wants to act in my movie. Holy crap. You know, um, I'd be kind of fangirling out you know right yeah you would <laughs> yeah i would but uh you know but eli roth was not a fan and so he did it based on uh writer strong did a audition and he did a fantastic audition and and nailed it and and got the part um danielle fischel auditioned so we could have had topanga and uh oh, strong that in the same fun. movie yeah. It would have been weird because she would have played she would have she played the Marcy play, part. Oh no, yeah, no, no. she wouldn't have been Topanga, and I couldn't. Yeah, that's just not her character. Like it'd be fun to watch her, but at the same time, you're like, Meh. well, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been uh, Ryder and her. You know, I don't think because it was supposed to be like the scene that they were doing was uh, apparently she was supposed to go to an outhouse and. Uh-huh like start like you know using uh using the restroom right and then she starts okay. when she starts t- checking her you know uh what uh, like wiping herself she'd wipe this blood off you know and stuff and uh-huh. that was never in the movie so i don't yeah. know what she, I'm, I'm guessing that would have been marcy the, that sounds like the marcy uh uh, what is it the razor blade uh right, coming up right. and everything scene yeah so that's what my guess would have been but uh so she wouldn't have been but she couldn't have done it because she doesn't i she does not do nudity i've never seen Danielle. right i was kind of thinking the same thing when you mentioned that it would have been weird to see her ride the you know right. <laughs> ride the well, guy you know, <laughs> and i also i read something with the character who played marcy like she actually didn't want to do nudity and like her and eli kind of like went at it for a while and so, because she did, she recently was in a nude in, what was the spoof of um, American Pie? Oh, uh, not another teen movie. Yeah, so I guess she was nude in that movie. The whole, she like, did, she was full frontal, the whole movie. Yeah, and so she didn't want to get stereotyped. And I was like, Meh. So it was funny because I read an article where she didn't want to show her butt. And apparently her boobs are fine, but she didn't want to show her butt. And he <laughs> wanted her to show her butt. So they agreed that she would show one inch of her butt crack and he actually got a ruler and measured like one inch of her butt crack and then taped the sheet. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's <"Wow."> funny. <laughs> you know what? And it's funny because I know you particularly, Sam, and I, I guess this is, since this is back in 2002, it was a little bit different, but nowadays you really are kind of um, a fighter on, uh, you know, uh, not unnecessary nudity. nudity. Well, I mean, so are you okay with uh, some nudity or? Well, I just think it's funny that like she had an issue with her butt. I mean, it was like everything else was fine, but her her butt was off limits. Like that's a little weird to me. I feel like there's like a story. Right. For all we know, there's a huge hideous scar on her ass or something. Like I need to know more. That she just hates, you know. I I would rather show my butt than my boobs in a movie any day. Right. Right. So Serena Vincent, if you're out there, can you can you explain this to us? You know, yeah, <laughs> what is going on? Uh, I don't. Yeah, don't please. You don't have to. Like that's a very personal question. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I would understand. Like when I look at that, I go, "Oh my god, that's that is kind of weird." That you know, just one inch. 
you know? I would have loved to be near the one set. Like, just imagine, like, him, like, literally pulling out a ruler and having Eli Roth, like, measure your naked ass. Like, <laughs> right. I'd be like, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> You'd be there trying to take pictures and shit. <laughs> um no it was it was you know i don't know so to okay so for people who have not like seen cabin fever which i don't know why anybody would be listening to a podcast about right. cabin fever without seeing it but Spoilers. Uh, yeah uh sam how how since you've seen this movie probably way more than we have oh um God. yeah uh how how do you explain this movie to somebody who hasn't seen it pancakes <laughs> I, you know what i've uh i was friends with that guy in myspace for years you know? yeah so, i love the fact that that was all like it, he didn't write that it was all just like a random coincidence of how that got you know started so yeah that was amazing um but yeah. no like explain like uh the story like a little bit of what you know so people i mean so you got like your hillbillies and you got this like flesh-eating disease and you have some <laughs> horny teens that want to camp and get drunk and you know shit goes down you know i mean he you know eli roth like this is like since his his first you know director debut like he really uh said that he stuck to the recipe like he really wanted to stick to the recipe you know like gore boobs sex right your typical horror movie stuff and i think he he checked all the boxes yeah a lot of panicking and a lot of decisions where i'm like why would you do that Right. I was like, I was like, a lot of their irrational decisions was just a lot of, okay, well, why, why would you choose to do that? Just, just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny. lot of like, what were you saying, Sam? I was going to say just like a lot of body horror and like just humor and then just yeah. really dumb decisions. Also, right. He put like a lot of his like, um, like horror icons like he 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 layered it in the movie so i thought that was really fun to watch um, it and then be like oh that's you know that's texas chainsaw or oh that's you know yeah, it was really yeah. fun oh yeah the texas chainsaw um homage with uh serena vincent walking up to the uh the house yeah or like just... very end when the guy gets shot you know they're coming for you barbara <laughs> yeah <laughs> like um or or my other favorite thing is like he uses music from uh david hess who i'm uh not just a huge fan of but i've met the guy and he actually at one point um he did give me like an a-ok to talk you know well this was when he was alive obviously um back in like 2010 uh he gave me the okay to um uh what does it use some of uh his music so he just said you know talk to his son um, so I did talk to his son later after his death and, you know, to make sure that was still going to be okay. And uh, he has said, as long as, you know, I have something going, you know, or whatever for it, uh, he would uh, do that. And I thought that was really cool. Like that's indie, you know, and yeah. that's pretty much what I think David Hess was probably friends with, you know, met a- a- Eli and, and said, you know, uh, yeah, I'll let you use my songs from last house on the left. I mean, that's one of the most fucked up movies ever made. And they yeah. use like some three songs and a remix yeah, I, was, of one of them. I read an article where he said that he didn't ask. He just did it. And then later they were like, okay, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> well, they probably paid, like Lionsgate probably paid, you know, him off for that, you know, would be my guess uh, yeah. after that. That's funny that they, they would just, you know, that's the indie, like, uh, guerrilla yeah. style filmmaking kind of thing. Yeah, uh, we'll, that's what he we'll, said too. 
Yeah, he's like, well, he's like, he's like, everybody can enjoy it, just not West lawyer, not what Wes Craven's lawyers. Like, let's not have them watch any of this. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, but yeah, no, it was great. I I absolutely loved uh every single thing in this movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's it's got a really sick and twisted humor that you don't really you can't see today. Like they could get they couldn't get away with the um. Uh, the N word being used in the, uh, you know, even though it was a great joke that set up that you did not know was a joke. You thought it felt really serious at first. At the end of the movie, you saw it was all a setup for like a joke. And then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was in the theater and I still remember like, you could just feel the white people get uncomfortable. They're like, oh God. That's true. I, and you know what? Um, it was shot in, I believe, North Carolina. Um, yeah. You know, uh, not very far from me. And um, I actually kind of want to go down to that area at some point since I'm not too far from it. And, yeah, and, that'd be and, fun. Try to rent like, the actual pictures. cabin and go camp out. That'd be fun. Yeah, oh, shoot be fun a, nice. Could you shoot a movie there or would you get in trouble? You know, we probably like, rent it. I think you could probably rent it. Right. If you rent yeah. it and have permissions or, or worry about it later, you know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, just change enough stuff. But like, that's not the same place. Prove it. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, what what could people do? Because the people just be like, oh man, they just ripped off the cabin fever cabin, you know, or whatever. And like, why not? <laughs> yeah, just like the, the two thousand people would be able to tell that it's the same cabin. Um, especially yeah. since this is an older movie and they have remade it so many times, like it's off people's radars and I don't know if people are picky enough to notice like, oh, it's the same cabin, you know, like it's yeah. a cabin, like it's a cabin in the middle of the woods. Right. Uh-huh. What were you going to say, Sam? Oh, no, I, I, I don't know. I was going to say something about the Cabin Fever remake, which yeah. is like, what, like, not even like 15 years later or something. I don't know. Which was no sense of remake or any of the sequels. So, I watched the sequel, which was done by Ty West, who is amazing mm-hmm. and uh, you know has been doing really well even recently. Um, but uh, it was just it, like I like honestly that that seemed like a paycheck movie because I just did not like the sequel. Yeah, it wasn't well, the same. I mean, yeah. I liked it. It was like entertaining and funny. Like it was so dumb, it was funny. I don't think it was like the purpose, but. You know, you could definitely tell it wasn't like the the high quality that the right. first one was, but they were fun in their own right. But the remake was like, I was still so confused, especially since Eli Roth like gave his blessings and was like, you know, executive producer of it. I was just like so like I I didn't understand the point, especially since it was literally like verbatim like the same fucking movie. Right. No, it was a uh, shot scene for scene. You know, yeah, um, I don't understand which that. was the psycho thing, you know, psycho did that like they did that with psycho, which made no sense too. like, I mean, yeah. why do a shot for shot remake? Why even- At least psycho was a little bit, but wasn't that longer, though? Wasn't there like a longer in between period? Or was it about I, the same? I, I can see if the movies were yeah. like really far apart, but yeah. I don't think this movie was old enough to get a yeah, no. yeah, well, not even even like even a remake period you could make a part four and it would have been fine because yeah. they made three of them so making a part four would have just been fine 
but doing a shot for shot remake. You know what? I mean, I, I hate saying this. This is going to sound terrible, but Eli Roth probably gave it his blessing so that he could say he was compared to Hitchcock a little bit, you know? Like, <laughs> well, also, I think he did it because he was executive producer, so he can cash in on royalties. Because I know he said true. with Cabin Fever, he didn't really make a lot of money. He only made like upfront money. And then, like, you know, it made, like, millions of dollars, and he's not getting any of that. Like, all and the royalties and stuff are going to, like, the, you know, people who invested. So he probably he, did it to get some money, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, and he wasn't, uh, was an executive producer on the second and third one, if I'm correct. So he had, like, no involvement with those. So when he was asked probably to do that, you're probably right. He probably thought, you know, why not? Uh, because now I'm actually going to get money off this movie, you know? Right. Uh, which... It's, it, if you're gonna do that we was like why don't he should have said why don't i just remake it you know like why didn't eli yeah. just re remake it and just sort of do a different version of it or something you know like, well maybe he thought that people would watch the remake and be like wow this is garbage and then it would like make them want to rewatch his movie so maybe like yeah. he just had this whole like really smart plan <laughs> right <laughs> You should have asked him that, you know? You I didn't think about it. <laughs> I have conversations with him in my head that, like, I didn't actually have, so. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I, I would I would love, he's the one in my, on my bucket list of people I'd love to interview someday, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, he would be a dream to just, like, chat with because he knows so much about horror, period. Like, oh, yeah. I remember uh, it, hearing an interview with him, and he said for his bar mitzvah, he was uh he did like uh uh, uh was it um takes not takes his chainsaw was it evil dead theme or something he did some kind of theme where he was like had a chainsaw and he would be chainsawed in half or something you know and and things like that and i just thought that was freaking cool like that he like since a very early age he was in a horror you know and stuff yeah. not like me i and apparently not like Sam, uh, sarah too i don't know about you sam but <laughs> like when i was when i was a kid i i was into ghostbusters but that was like the closest thing to uh, ghostbusters and jaws was the closest thing to horror i, I was into yeah. at that time i mean in my baby book my mom wrote the first time i went to see uh nightmare on elm street like in a drive-in so i pretty much like grew up being scared my parents didn't like horror movies so they just they weren't really in the house and then i was just terrified of everything because i had anxiety really bad so i don't know i just i tried and it just it just didn't work out for me i have an overactive imagination and i thought it all was real so once i got to be an adult and i realized that it wasn't real it was cool i could watch them but when you're that little and you watch et and you live out in the desert and I watched Tremors living out in the desert of Phoenix, Arizona when I was like eight though. Like now I watch, I'm like, oh, it's hilarious. But when you're that little and you're literally out in the desert and you watch this movie, your mom tells you to close your eyes for, but you don't, you're just like, shit. So Sarah, you just happened to mention like my set, like one of my other favorite movies, which is Uh Tremors. (laughs) I love Tremors. Like I'm a huge Kevin Bacon fan. Oh yeah. Well, like I said, I watch them now when I'm older. Like I didn't really get to watch them until I was in my twenties. Um, because it was, it was when I finally like got out of the house, out of school. And in my twenties, when I, uh, I met my ex-husband who's a horror movie fanatic and showed me all these movies that I was too scared to watch. And then I was like, Oh, okay. These are funny. I'm just, I was an idiot. Like these movies are pretty cool. It's just, my, my child brain was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, Tremor's going to come yeah. up and get you. Right. <laughs>
this sounds terrible, but I still to this day have not watched Hell uh, Hellraiser all the way through. Um, I've watched. I'm not a huge Hellraiser fan. I mean, I've tried. So I've tried. You know, um, uh, yeah, like that's kind of what I felt. But in the beginning, the first time I saw the gore, and the gore turned me off. Like I just was like, oh, like why do I want to watch something gooey and nasty like that? Right? Like when I was a kid. Uh, when I got older, I started watching it because of the gore, but I got bored. I was like, I don't, I, I, I can't get into the story. It's a haunted house story, you know. Basically. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're, yeah. So, but I'm, I, I, I'm going to definitely like make myself sit down and, and watch the first one again at some point. Just, yeah. And, and they're not all good. There's, they're, they've made a bunch of them and I have like nine of them, right? Yeah. But it's like, I'm like, uh you know it's one of those things where they make a lot and it's like two or three of them are really bad but two or three of them are pretty good um and you start to understand a lot more about the Cenobites and stuff like that later on you know because it's like a whole hell world and demon situation and and I think a lot of the fandom is the artistic view of the Cenobites because they are the, each one is so artistic looking and so individual and all this stuff. Uh, Cause that was another collection that, that we had that I owned like a reaction figure of at one point. And uh, it was just, it was very art. Like the storyline wasn't the best, but like it was, it was the, the Cenobites were very artistic. Yeah. Well, and now that you say that, like every time I think of it, I always think of what was it? Chatter? Chatter? Chatter. Yeah. yeah. Chatter. yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a crazy. Setup. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. Well, the main reason I brought this up is because uh, Cabin Fever uh, was one of the first movies I'd watched that actually had like that amount of gore back into mm-hmm. it, and I was like, mm-hmm. "But it had the humor, you know, like right." I, um, you know, I, I think that's what I really liked about it was I liked the and humor it had the gore, it. but the gore was also like very red and colorful. So it's like it, it was realistic, but not realistic. Like it was well, good effects, but it was also I, like not too realistic to where like it turned you off. It was just good and it was good, but it was also like I said, it was very bright and stuff like that. Well, I didn't realize that K and B did the effects, and K and B mm-hmm. are like the guys who did like From Dust Till Dawn mm-hmm. and tons of yeah, other fantastic films. What? Yeah, I like the effects. Effects are great, but it's just very gooey and very colorful. Yeah. So, like, it caught your attention. Like, it 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 was good effects, but like I said, it wasn't too realistic to where it, like freaked you out. But it was it was to the point to where you're like, oh, that's awesome. That's gnarly. Yeah. yeah. So who was? Yeah. Oh god. I was trying to think before this movie. Before I seen Cabin Fever, I'm like trying to be like racking my brain here, thinking of like what movie I saw before this was like equally as gory. I can't really think of anything. Not Nightmare on Elm Street four, that was pretty or five. One of those two had like a real. Both of them, I think, had a, a huge. Amount you of know what? I think because four. I grew up with those, like for some reason they just don't come off as. I think I'm just way de. I'm just too desensitized. <laughs> I think. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, like, but see, that's the funny thing is we live in a, like I think we live in a post scream world now where scream was the first movie to really not do gore you know the gore was not huge in scream there was some but it wasn't like that wasn't the point of the of it of it like it is in like cabin fever the point of it is like we're gonna you know the the gore the better you know right right i mean it's about having a disease there's gonna be sickness uh which which um you know it's, it's kind of a misleading title to some people i found out because you know it's like 
it, they took it literal, like it, like it's cabin fever. Like you're in a cabin and you have a literal fever. You're literally sick. Uh, where some people, they read that and they're like, oh, I, I thought it was going to be just stir crazy people who had cabin fever murdered well, each other. Well, no, but that's sort of what happens too in well, the movie. Really yeah, because like, fun fact is not, not one of the main characters actually dies from the disease. Yeah, no, none none of them do. They all die from the hands of each other or somebody well, else outside of each most, other. Most of the hands of each other, though, was the fact that they were dying from the disease and they were putting them out of their misery, not a murder spree like a crazy person. Right. right. Well, except for fucking poor, uh, uh, what's his name? Didn't even have the disease. Uh, um, Bert? Not, not Bert. Bert. The uh, thing. And, and you yeah. knew you knew the minute he went in that house that the cops were going to show up and murder him. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, and he was such an a-hole. Like, you were almost right. like, God, when's that guy going to die? Yeah. Right. But that was one of those moments, too, where I was like, okay, so you've been hiding this whole time and you made it, right? You won't go near anybody who's sick. You won't touch blood. You step in the doorway, immediately said dead bodies and blood everywhere, and you go inside. Wouldn't right. you back away and just run? Like... Yeah. If he was sticking yeah, to like his own logic, yeah, he right, was. That didn't fit, fit his whole logic through the whole thing was, I'm not touching it, I'm leaving. Right. So, like, he finally, like, he breaks that, and he, he's like, but you're saved, you're, you haven't been in contact <laughs> with it. You're gonna go in the house full of it? Like, that doesn't <laughs> make any sense. That, that, that was probably the dumbest part of the movie but right. because like, because hey. they set up for the for the one bit where he said i made it i made it and then get shot right you know right, right? Yeah. like so it like pretty- they set that up which he could have done that where he could have looked in and said right oh my god i made it i made it but like right. really what that shot really was was us the audience seeing the the disgusting house by the end to us they right. wanted to show us the carnage but so, it didn't fit his character out yeah so it was kind of wrong um so it, that's one of those things i think you were talking about sarah where you're like dumb yeah moves, like dumb right right well and, and also like with the truck um you know like we haven't really normally like we go like scene for scene with the movie and yeah, i know like, we haven't really done that this time um but, okay. uh, right but it's like it's like the the truck scene you know where the the guy who was sick got in their truck it's like why would you smash up your own truck i understand trying to pull him out when he's trying to steal it but mm-hmm. the fact that they smashed that truck up so bad trying to like i'm like that was a little excessive. Like I don't think I I would have smashed the truck up like that much trying to scare him out of there. And the minute he coughed all over those windshield, I would have let him have it. Like the minute you saw blood all over the windshields, I would have been like, step back, like, nope, nope, go ahead, man, go ahead. Yeah, because after them, what can you do? You can't or you can't right. ride in a bu- bu- you know like without right. potentially contacting the disease right. you know contracting and I know that the was disease. a lot of adrenaline of oh my god you know but uh but yeah no when they they should have done exactly what the the dumb drunk guy did when they opened the door shut it and be like nope but uh you know they opened it and they they got involved they should yep. have just shut the door and been like I well, like then, that. They got but involved. Then, <laughs> but, hey, but then there would be no movie. There would be no movie, though. Right, 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 right. Kids weren't dumb idiots. I know. Like, see, this is the sort of thing that I guarantee you Paul would hate this movie. And yeah. mainly because Paul hates people like kids who just bicker the whole time. And that's all this movie is, is just <laughs> really bickering is. <laughs> each, uh, at each other the whole time. And right. But see, the thing about this movie that's different than like most low budget indie uh, horror movies that we watch on indie film cafe is that like the bickering means something. Like mm-hmm. there's it's there are the characters in this sense. Yeah. yeah, 
And it's sort of like something where it's really funny. Uh, but nowadays we're kind of in a um, post COVID world where we're not yeah. over it yet or anything. Just, it's right. still out there. But what I'm saying is like, you know, in the beginning, when we first had COVID, if you walked down the street and you coughed, people ran away from you. Right. You know? Right. Because they were afraid they were going to get it too, you yeah. know, or whatever. And that's sort of what this movie has. It has a very much like that. It, it feels really, you know, sort of right to watch nowadays because, you know, um, it's sort of perfect to watch because like, this is how we treat each other. You know, like, I don't want to right. get sick. You guys touch somebody. Right. I'm running. I'm get the fuck out of here. I'm leaving you guys. I don't care. It's me against you guys. I'm going to survive, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And instead of sticking together and trying to survive together. Right. Which, well, and they locked poor Karen out in the shed. And at that point, I'm like, I mean, if she's already locked up in her room, why not just leave her locked up in a room and don't go near her? Like, what's the difference between putting her in the shed and locking her up in her room? Except for the fact that now she's vulnerable to the dog and to whomever else. And now she's even more scared and upset. Like, why wouldn't you just let her her stay locked up in her room and just stay mm. the fuck away from Poor her like Karen. that that was just mean Poor Karen. i don't think they knew what it was so maybe they thought like it could have been like airborne or like who knows but i mean i get what you're saying yeah well, at that point they're already they're touching her and carrying her when they could have just like so far at that point only one person had touched her the rest of them had it they could have just shut the door but like okay, we're not contaminated, we never touched her, but instead they all lift her up, they all touch her, they all move her, and by then, okay, now everybody's contaminated, you know? Um, But that that scene, though, that scene leading up to it, God, I remember watching that in the movie theater when he was like, you know, he was like getting in there, and then you could hear it. Y'all remember like the sound effects, and I was like, ooh, she's wet. Oh, wait, no, that's more than being wet. (laughs) That scene hit differently now, though, because like when I watched it now, I mean, she she flirted with him before she kind of was doing the whole like, I, I'm going to kiss you for the moment and then go away. But she never actually put the moves like on consented. him or consented to do anything. So the fact that she was sick and asleep and he just started touching her and then did that really kind of upset me because he did not have yeah. consent for that. He was molesting her. Yeah, he was. It was sort of rapey. And that it was, was, sort it was of very a, rapey and, because he did not have permission like, to touch her it's so funny because once I, I i said this earlier but like this is a movie that just can't be made today you know like it, yeah it, it can't be made because like there is so much sort of things that we're against now that this movie right. sort of had because at that time it was sort of more more acceptable or more right. it wasn't well, bothering you know, besides, besides flirting and giving him that kiss and running away though like they didn't have any sexual stuff going on mm-hmm. so for right. her, he for her to be her. sick and passed out laying there and him trying to comfort her and then all of a sudden touching her face and then putting his hand down there's like I to think- me that was like that was very icky because you know especially as as people who have been put in those situations before when you're drunk or passed out you're like cool this guy's rapey like this went from a, a nice crush to i don't like you anymore yeah um well i was i was kind of thinking it was sort of like that that thing we discussed earlier in a way, like, you know, uh, 
go for it. And then, you know, don't, don't ask for permission and then, you know, whatever. And that's sort of what, what, what it was in that situation, yeah. because he didn't yeah. ask for permission and he sort of waited. And then was, I think he was thinking she was going to probably say, oh, no, stop, you know, right. Right. But if he right. said, she said, stop, yeah. he was stopped. Um, right. That doesn't really work in society either, though. You can't yeah. just molest no. a girl until she tells you to stop. But no, I do remember back then when I watched it though, and I, didn't have the trauma I have now watching it going oh okay and then uh that leg thing though like when you realize that he's not touching what he thinks he's touching that he's actually fingering her leg hole like that was pretty gnarly like I do remember thinking that that was the gnarliest scene you know when when I watched it when I was younger yeah he pulls his hand back and oh yeah that's when it started that's when the movie started it went downhill from there (laughs) yeah it really did Oh my goodness. Um, so my favorite character in the whole movie was Bert. I don't know what yeah. you guys like, who you guys like the best. You guys <laughs> like who did you guys like the best? Um Sam. Was which one was Bert the drunk one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh uh Sam, who's your favorite? Well, I don't know. I was gonna say Ryder, but now after the whole rapey talk, now I'm like, I feel like <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. But that's the only thing he's like, he's still my I would still vote him my favorite, but I do think that they should have because honestly like when i first seen that movie like you said like it that didn't even like none of that ever crossed my mind it it doesn't cross your mind back then yeah like innocent 2000 you know because he wrote that movie in like 1995 too so like you know innocent little sam who's just like watching this movie like like writer strong like yeah yeah no teenager sarah was like all about it but adult self-aware sarah was like oh no yeah i don't know i don't really know if any of these characters were really written to be liked though in a True. way i mean maybe the blonde girl i i because i guess she was like, yeah. well no because she was kind of a bitch too because she was yeah. teasing him she was doing the whole i'm your friend and you have a crush on me and i'm hot so i'm just gonna kind of tease you she was so also she, sort of gross at one point where she's talking about yeah. like this guy comes up and kisses her and she's just like oh you know right like, how dare you just like and right, the, she was being bitchy about it. She was, but she was being then again, it also sets up for like it, it sounds terrible, but it also sets yeah. up for the fact that she gets these guys doing these things that she doesn't want them to do necessarily. Yeah. That right. they do, you know. Uh, at least he he didn't. Act, well, he sort of didn't like. They sort of had permission both to kiss each other because she said this right. stuff it all right up. because then, it's like, hey, I like you. You know, like what if yeah. we kiss? You know. Yeah, I mean, all the characters were pretty much like the typical stereotypes, right? Yeah. All the and people I, in high school like, that you just kind of were like, eh. Deputy, yeah. <laughs> maybe he was my favorite. <laughs> I call him Officer Doofy. I don't know if that's what he really goes by, but Winston, Winston was Winston. his name, and I loved him. He was uh, Giuseppe he Andrews, and uh to be that part. Like he actually wrote that for him, but then the guy who did it like auditioned. Yeah. He was. <laughs> that reminds me like kevin smith wanted to play randall mm-hmm. you know until you realize randall yeah. had so many lines it was like give me right. silent bob <laughs> i don't have to say anything and then right. you know gave that to jeff anderson but but that was the funny thing is like yeah you was you said eli roth wanted to to play him and then he was like oh no this guy's so much better and the guy right. was he was so oh, like, good I mean, yeah. and then he also gave himself a part if i'm correct eli roth gave himself a part that yeah. was written was for somebody else it was written for somebody else and then mm-hmm. uh that person uh wasn't able to come 
And so uh, Eli had to, to, to play him. And uh, Eli did, a, I think, a little bit different than what he was going to give, you know, to the other guy. He made himself a skater who... Uh, was, that, uh, was that the I old think. rocker dude with the dog? Yeah. Okay, Which, yeah, no, when he came on, I'm like, man, this fits 2002. It looks, you know, like a little bit like Sully from Godsmack and Pop Rush. Like, like yeah. new wave metal guy <laughs> coming in here with this giant fucking bag of weed. Yeah, oh, that, man. You know, back in 2002, you were like, oh, my God. Now you're like, oh, my neighbor has that. But, you know, yeah. like back then, it's like, yeah, no, he came on the screen and I couldn't help but giggle because, you know, this movie like came out as a freshman and that was the type of music I listened to then. So I was just like, oh, yeah, this tracks. This tracks <laughs> so much. But I didn't know that that was the director. Uh, I, I don't know why I assumed he'd be older, but... Uh, yeah. No, he wasn't. He was actually he young. He was like yeah, it was a young actor. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah. like. I was like. I didn't expect that. But uh, yeah. uh, that character was fun and uh, he wasn't in it for long because he just disappears and his dog just goes crazy and basically like helps in the murder shredded that poor girl apart. Uh, well, the funny thing is, is that dog was actually a dog used to kill people. So really? there was a whole story about that. Like, yeah. I know they originally got a like a dog that like was trained for movies, but it was like uh-huh. too nice. <laughs> so they're like, like possibly so he they, wasn't a method actor. He had full experience. Yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> so that's a dog actor. <laughs> they didn't have time to like reshoot or anything. So they like found these people that were like they talked like a different language. Right. Now, now, was it the same dog when he showed up at the fire then later? Because for some reason it looked like a different dog. I think it was the same dog because I think the dog was sick too, right? Well, the, there was a uh, the dead dog in the beginning of the movie, but the, do- the dog yeah. that he showed up with at the campfire uh, on the leash you know, supposed to be the same dog that came and killed everybody. But it's like, for some reason, I want to say the dog's coloring just looked a little different. So I wasn't sure if it was the same dog or not. But this dog, like, they couldn't actually have people in the scene with the dog because the dog... That's why I'm wondering if maybe they used two different dogs. So they said, like, any scene that, like, you see the dog chasing, Uh you know, somebody, everybody was, like, hiding. They're like, all right, let the dog go. Everybody was, like, hiding behind cars and stuff, like, hiding from the dog. Probably did use two dogs because, like, I think the dog that the Mambo in the beginning, Dr. Mambo, yeah. Uh, what, is he a professor or a doctor you know, or whatever? He's no. a professor. No, he goes, he's a professor being a dog. You know, yeah. that was the, one of the stupidest lines that always right. makes me laugh. Right. Um, but anyway, he says, uh, so Dr. Mambo, he's, he uh, puts up. Now, I thought this was a mistake. Um, but if you watch the movie and then I looked on uh, IMDb um, goofs and it was not a, it was actually not a mistake and I have to rewatch it sometime kind of play it slowly mm-hmm. but Grimm aka Eli Roth walks a um, you know says come here uh, come come Mr. Mambo right or Dr. Mambo right. and as he says that the dog's actually still tied up you know right he didn't untie uh. however I think what happens is he says come on Dr. Mambo and then as he's walking, he looks like he's walking away, but he's actually walking and kneeling, getting the dog off the thing. So I think I just saw it wrong or whatever, because right, I, right. I don't know. I don't just know. The way they put it. I just was like, wait, this this seems weird. Like, why would he ask right. the dog to come when he's tied up? Well, I mean, they did shoot it in like 26 days or something. I mean, so, you know, the reshoots were hard to come by, they said. So they right. probably just had to work with whatever they had. Yeah. Um, and sure. plus, it was they shot it on film. This this isn't like on video or anything. Yeah. This isn't so like film, you don't get like uh, to the playback. You don't get to see what 
what you just saw you know what you just did so not like film or video these days you know yeah so um yeah. you have no idea what you, if you even got what you want so you have to go and actually check out dailies and do all these things yeah. and i guarantee you lot like, work. they were worried but 26 days or whatever <laughs> that they were gonna oh, i'm sure you know have like you know times that they weren't going to get exactly what they wanted and, and for for that i very 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 like happy um now, another thing I wanted to mention was that Peter Jackson was a huge fan of this movie. And he yeah, was one of this. the reasons why uh, this movie became the success he did because it did because him and like I think Sam Raimi and a couple other filmmakers, Quentin Tarantino and a couple other people saw the movie ahead of you know ahead of everybody else and uh, started writing up notes about it you know uh, peter jackson actually uh stopped production of lord of the rings yeah three but, times i read he's yeah, got three, three times. times three times to show yeah. the cast and crew this movie so <laughs> it really because you know we know peter jackson as not just the lord of the rings guy but also the guy who brought us meet the feebles so the guy loves his gore films and everything so he mm -hmm. i love that he he was a big fan of this uh series and especially since the movie's still, I mean, is still holds up really good, you yeah. know, um, today. Now, given said that stuff that we mentioned earlier that might, you know, whatever with, with, with the way the society kind of has right. headed toward, it still is really fucking amazing. I, like, yeah, I, no, I still consider it like a classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And it was definitely a labor of love. And I mean, it's so funny too, because like, it, I mean, like every step of the way there was a fight to get this movie made and it really shows you like as independent filmmakers like word of mouth and like having people like talk about your movie it just shows like how important that is because i don't think this movie would we wouldn't even be talking about it right now if it wasn't like the word of mouth like the peter jackson was talking about it and even like when it was bought at Tor toronto film festival like it was only bought because they literally hired like they spent like twenty thousand dollars which is indie people we're like oh my god like twenty thousand like, that's like our whole fucking budget um on just like hiring like a publicist mm -hmm. like to get like the ball rolling because like that movie wasn't even played it was played on like the seventh day i believe at like midnight and they were all like nobody's gonna see this fucking movie and like nobody's gonna want to buy it so they hired a publicist and like they did all this like promoting and people were like talking about it and then people went to see it and then like it created a, a bidding war and that's like why we're sitting here talking about it it's kind of crazy well this movie could have like could have you're right absolutely right this movie could have fell off and became a movie that we've never even heard of i mean like this movie is almost like if either if one of us if one three of us like made a movie like this could be us like this could be our story you know i mean right. i think that's why i love Eli Ross so much because i mean he's like one of us you know mm -hmm. he's a horror fan who ended up making a horror film then ended up making you know a, a legacy basically now he's got you know he created a he created a company right after this uh and did hostel the hostel movies and then he did yeah. you know a shit ton of other movies i mean which I don't even also a really great movie yeah which i was i was very i saw that in the theater and fucking loved it you know yeah, like, that achilles I, when he sliced achilles tendon oh it still gets me <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I just love like nowadays looking back at it because when I rewatched it, um I I've been become a really big fan of the TV show Suits. And there was the the guy who who's at the end is the American uh 
uh, torture guy, you know, or whatever, uh, who looks kind of weird and whatnot. He was, his name's Rick Hoffman. He was, he's fantastic in suits. (laughs) And, and like, he is, when I see him, I'm like, oh my God, now it's just so weird seeing both of those because like completely different characters, you know and stuff yeah. but, you know whatever it's it, it's it's wonderful um and then hostile two he basically took hostile one and make, made it all girls instead of guys you know which yeah. i think he probably wanted to originally and just didn't uh do it uh and and whatnot but uh and then here cabin fever created a franchise you know <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done like a part four or or a series or something with it because it definitely deserves that you know like it's one of those films i would watch um i gotta see part three at some point i just haven't i haven't because i've heard so many negative things about it that it makes it makes it hard for me to want to see it you know but maybe i'll do that for like first time watch friday sometime you know is that the island is that the island one yeah i'm guessing because i know the other one patient zero or something yeah patient zero Yeah, yeah okay. I wouldn't mind watching them. It's just they're not really available for free on the streaming services. Even to watch this, I had to get a free seven-day trial just to watch it for free of some yeah. service. Which yeah. I will say that is a problem with uh, indie horror these days. Mm-hmm. Except for Tubi, you know. Tubi has a lot of good movies on there, a lot of yeah. questionable ones, you know, or whatever. But, uh, you know, I mean, what can you do about that? Um, yeah, and normally I don't mind spending a couple bucks to rent a movie, but when, when you have nothing in your account, you really want to watch the movie, you're like, ah, all right, seven-day free trial, here we go. <laughs> I, I hope you've gotten rid of that free trial so you don't, yeah, oh, don't forget to cancel. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make sure it's not on the auto. I'm going to use it for the seven days and make sure it doesn't renew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's sort of what you have to do these days yeah. for a lot of stuff. Just try it out. And then, you know, I, I usually get in that thing where I, I, I don't forget. I actually fall in love with this, the, the, with the streaming service. So then I have another streaming right. service under my fucking belt that right. I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever even watch this like, but you know, um, you know, shutter shutters when I love to death, but it's, it's just, it's, you know kind of taking Sh- shutter is one of those hit and misses though because like you know playstation doesn't have an app for it so the only way to watch it on the playstation is through amazon and the amazon shutter which i have done a free trial of is way different than the actual like oh, shutter app so they don't have all those i have it on my phone where i can cast it to the tv or watch it on on my phone and the app gives you so many options of movies and tv channels whereas when i were to do the amazon um trial of shutter it did not have as many things on it like it it was kind of bare so uh, it is a different experience well speaking of streaming um i don't know if this will ever happen or not but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised because of all the different companies that are getting into streaming, having their own streaming services, that Lionsgate mm-hmm. might put out their own. And okay. then if that's the case, they'll probably put out Cabin Fever and all those yeah. that they own uh, eventually. Yeah. But see, that's the problem is uh, somebody's got to create a, uh, a, a thing where they're all together 
you know, like yeah, HBO yeah. Max and, and a lot of these you know, companies, so they have bidding wars of who has the rights to these movies, so they get the subscribers, you know, right. they want so, people to subscribe to them. So it's, it sucks in that sense that they rotate or they have to bid on them. Well, what I'm saying is like what you, what they need to do is they need to create a, uh, you know how um like a satellite uh, has like uh, uh, certain packages you can yeah. get certain shows or certain channels or whatever. I mean, if they created some a package deal where you could get cheaper a cheaper thing with all of the you know all almost all of them yeah. or whatever, you know, more people would probably do that because then you know that's a way to get you know cheaper version yeah. or whatever, like fifty dollars yeah. and you can get you know HBO Max and all these other things instead yeah. of spending a hundred dollars. You know, well, yeah, I know, like I on have... Friday night, like when we're trying to watch a movie, mm-hmm. I get frustrated because I'm like, okay, I want to watch this movie, and then I'm like. God, what app is it on? Right. And then you have to I like have go to like twenty minutes Google later. And then you're like, mm-hmm. forget it, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. always the, the fun part is Googling. Okay, so I want to watch this. What streaming service is on? Do I right. have that one? Is it one that wants me to pay extra to watch it? But uh, well, I most of my TVs have it where you can search, like or or Roku can search for if you say like I want to find cabin fever. Right. You can search cabin fever and it'll pop up saying it's on picks. Sometimes I don't just trust though that it gives me all my options. So I'm paranoid and I have to double check on the internet. Right. So I'll do both. <laughs> Cause I'm like, uh, what, if, what if there's an option it doesn't want to tell me about? Cause it doesn't want me to go there and give them my money, you know? It's true. So, <laughs> Cause it's all, it's all trickery, but yeah. That's true. IMDb won't uh, won't put up. You know how IMDb has the thing at the top where it says where where things are going to be. Like mm-hmm. if it's uh if it's on HBO Max, it'll say HBO right. Max. Yeah. Well, that's true, but it won't do that for Disney Plus. I guess mm-hmm. IMDb and Disney Plus do not have a maybe not know, a, a relationship, you know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um. So with that being said, uh, Sam, you have some really cool stuff for us. So I want to save that for the end of the uh, podcast but uh you uh spoke with somebody so tell us a little bit about that so i reached out to eli roth um so i i'm a huge fan of eli roth and i've talked to him a few times like i sent him what like a couple months ago my um special effects that i was working on for my girlfriend the serial killer because i was very proud of them and so i sent it to him and he was like wow he's like that's really badass so I, i i know I was like a little fangirl, but anyways, you know, I really respect him as a person. And like, I kind of like, I like how he kind of like set up like the map to kind of help out um, indie filmmakers. Um, so I just want to reach out to him and let him know that we're doing a podcast, like, you know, just out of like, we have mad respect for him. And I just want to know, um, so prior when we did it with Corey, um, you know, I just like to kind of get a quote from these people um, to say, Hey, we're doing a podcast. Would you like to you know, give us a quote. So he said, he gave me two things, actually. He said, he said, let's see, let me find it. I'm not prepared. Panicking. Okay. He said, (laughs) make movies that only you want to make was his first rule. And he said, always work on multiple projects at one time. Those were his two quotes that he wanted to give independent filmmakers. So there you go wow that's actually that's usually the exact opposite advice that right? people give I and, you're doing great yeah well i yeah me, me and <laughs> sam sam's doing projects. a lot of uh, multiple projects well, only because I'm, I'm picking on you but no the funny thing is we said that i was like 
moody. <laughs> right? Exactly. As soon as you said that, I was like, there you go, Jonathan. Well, I, I mean, yeah, but see, he's sort of right. Like, absolutely. You don't want to I mean, have just one thing going. You, you kind of have to have a few backups. You know, you don't want all your eggs in one basket type right. scenario. You know, and, like, and that too, like, you'll go crazy. He's like, a lot of times, like, if, even if you have to wait like two weeks for like to hear back on something, he's like, you know, he would stew like those two weeks. But he's like, yeah. you know, if I was working on multiple projects at one time, he's like, I just didn't have time. You'd be distracted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, distracted. So that's good. I like that. I, yeah, you know, a way to go, Eli, for saying yeah. that because, like, uh, like once again, that that goes uh, usually against most things people say. People are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're working on multiple projects." You know, concentrate on one. And I've got right. ADHD up the wall too. There's so a, uh, there's also like how many multiple projects, like right. enough to keep you distracted and busy and safe, or enough to be like pulling your hair out. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you know, for now, thankfully, um, I'm I'm mainly you know focusing on the Echo Lake Universe stuff, mainly you know yeah. or whatever. So that's all like you know I'm uh, they're doing, but I I get it. Like I I get that whole concept because like at times you know we'll be working on Screen Queen Campfire, but we're also like working on on that stuff because we're not we're not you know shooting for another month you know or whatever. Yeah. So like it's like this this trying to just get things done and for a while you you go a little crazy so you know um but there yeah oh man that's awesome well thank you for that like i i love hearing that kind of stuff from uh uh you know people like eli who obviously knows what the fuck they're talking about well yeah and like you know with cabin fever he was in new york and couldn't find anybody i think it was like a couple he was trying to find financing for like years couldn't find anybody nobody was like no that's garbage so he moved to LA and when he moved to LA is when he came across one person that was like oh okay like let me give you like 300,000 and then they went with it and then they started shooting like right away and like it still wasn't enough money but he was like oh well he's like let's just do it and I remember he said that like there, there was days where he was like I don't know if we're gonna have enough money to film the next day so he was like a lot of shoots he just didn't know he's like they couldn't eat i mean they were like poor like a lot of people was like like taking turns like one person wouldn't pay their rent one month and then so Mm -hmm. they they just finally like made enough of the movie where it was like 10 minutes of it wasn't a trailer but it was like just a highlight reel of like all the gore and stuff and they used that to get like another like half a million dollars and then they could make they they made the rest of it well that's amazing so there you go like that's how hard is that though right like i mean i'm just trying to picture like me right or like us like doing that like to put all of your eggs you know because like at this point he had all this money invested not his money mind you and he was just such a chance on it yeah i I I think it's hard for people to do that well also because like there's this risk right there that you just said but basically like if you fail like, you know how hard it's going to be to, like, get people to trust you to give money for right. another thing that big? Now, right. nowadays, it's a little easier because we have crowdfunding or we have, uh, it's lower, it's lower cost. You know, he, he spent $1.5 million on a movie, you know, yeah, that's yeah. a, that's a big risk right there. But us doing like 20000 or 50000 
And usually it's a, just a bunch of donators who, you know, or whatever. We're still taking a risk because there might be a chance that like it doesn't get distribution or we don't, we're not able to like fund everything, you know, or whatever, you know. Yeah, but there's still a little difference though, because, you know, Indiegogo, like people are, they're volunteering to give you money. Like that's different, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're investing in the movie, but it's like, you know, they're still giving you money to support your project. They're not right. getting anything back unless like they got a perk, you know, to like, you know, back end right. or whatever. Or but, you know, like, with this, it it's or like whatever. Yeah. he had investors that he had to pay back and then some. So, I mean, it's a little different. Yeah, a little bit different. And I, I totally agree. But it's it's sort of like we sort of live in a very simpler time now where we can shoot yeah. things on 4K uh with like very cheap you know amount of money you know like it doesn't cost us you know that we don't we can check our stuff we can do things for less time um we don't need 26 days to shoot a movie we can do it in 14 because we can actually check all our stuff and and get you know what i mean so it's it's a little bit different time period now now and if if he had made cabin fever now i don't think it would have it would have I, I hate saying this sounds terrible, but it, it wouldn't have done the success that it got him to that that got him because it would have just felt like another movie shot for 20K out in the woods in a cabin. But you know what I mean? Like to me, because he would have spent less money and it just wouldn't have it, it felt like it felt like a million dollar movie when you saw that yeah. movie. You know, if felt like all that money was there uh if he shot it for 50k i don't think it would have it would have been nearly the success that the movie did because of how you know amazing that they made that you know for that amount of money so i always tell people people are like oh you're never gonna make a mil you know you're never gonna make a million dollars you could say you know sam you could be like well eli roth did you know back in 2002 (laughs) so like you know why can't you like i don't understand all this negativity about you know spending more money when that's people like lionsgate they want those they don't want 20k movies they don't want crap you know they want something good with good stars and you know good effects and and a good story you know and uh that's exactly what cabin fever is um well that's also hard to come by in indie land too like all of that you know i mean you can have like one thing or maybe two things but you know because it's so low budget like you can't afford everything so something's gotta go you know it's either the sound the acting like one of those is not gonna be good (laughs) i so wish i could have hung out with like Eli Roth and Quentin Gentino together, you know, just them together, you know, or whatever, because I guarantee you the stuff that they talk about is like beyond anything. That <laughs> yeah, we can you know, it makes me sad though, because I feel like I wouldn't have the same, like, you know, like bro code, like you're a man. So you hanging out with them, I feel like would be a lot different than like if me or Sarah was hanging out with them now. <laughs> I mean, I hate to, yeah. you know like grow uh, hollywood all right you know and it's not also fair. not fair well it, it's it's uh, yeah well unless you if they treated you like a bro they could do that like i'm sure there's i i remember hearing a story that uh danielle harris got invited to go like watch a movie out at quentin tarantino's house you know and she she took she did it you know i believe like you know who's gonna turn that down you know right. like and I think it's and you're probably with yeah. We people. all know what that's code for, right, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime some guys like, hey, let's go watch a movie. You're like, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say that because I don't know that. But I know, I know she got like she got asked to do that. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where you're just like, 
you know, that's kind of cool. I don't know. I, I think the thing is what, um, you know, what attracts those kind of people are, are the love of the movie making, you know, process, yeah. love of movies yeah. and stuff. And Eli Roth and, and Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez and all those guys, Kevin Smith, all those guys basically have that love of movies. Oh, yeah. And I'm know? sure them and, talking about their passion would just be very enlightening, especially to somebody who's a filmmaker like yourself. Yeah, or they would talk about movies I've never seen before, and I'd be like, oh my god, I need to see that movie. That sounds amazing. <laughs> you know, especially horror stuff, because I guarantee you that's what Eli talks about. Yeah. And Tarantino talks about, uh, uh, you know, everything else. You know, that's not just <laughs> one specific genre. Um, but I would just love that, because, you know, that would just drive me nuts. Um, you know, I've been watching the Eli Ross, uh, what is that, The History of Horror? Are you, have you guys watched that yet? That's on Shutter, right? If I'm yeah, correct. I think, yeah, I think. <laughs> it's on one of them. It's really interesting, though. I like it. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, my friends were telling me about it and stuff. It's just, I haven't, I haven't got a chance to. It's really hard to watch anything that I'm not reviewing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, like... I, uh, you know, it's funny, even, even today I, I, I watched, was it uh, Dr. Strange and I'm reviewing that, you know, so it's, it's not even like I'm watching it just for fun, you know, I'm going to be like looking at it in a different sense. So I don't know. It's, it's weird nowadays. Um, I can't enjoy anything anymore. It doesn't seem like I have to, I have to, it has to be work in some way or another, um, except no, except some TV shows, TV shows I'm not reviewing. I'm just watching it for, <laughs> you know unless anybody wants me to do a melrose place uh, uh oh. Oh, <laughs> i was more of a 90210 kind of gal see that's the i think you know i think people can separate themselves from that like you know yeah. were you a 90210 like guy or a, you know or a, a blizzard yeah i didn't exactly. watch either one of those i watched boy Man's world <laughs> yeah i watched, I watched well, boy no, world I grew up on uh, TGIF and uh, um, yeah, yeah. TGIF. but yeah. Um, I, but what is it? Uh, years later, I was like, well, I want to check out this Melrose place. And I was like, oh, it's good. Then I tried watching Beverly Hills now. And I was like, I can't get back into teen stuff anymore. Yeah. Like, like high school shit. I know 210, but when they redid it with, um, with one of the girls from Degrassi, uh, I didn't oh, watch yeah. all of that. Cause I do like my teen stuff, you know? They did that, and then they also re- redid Melrose Place as well, uh-huh. and which, yeah, they did, but it didn't. It did, it did so terribly that like Paramount Plus won't even put it out. Oh, gee, wow, that <laughs> yeah. says a lot. Yeah, <laughs> this, it's just like what in the world is wrong with everything. But anyway, uh, we've talked about everything, you know, and we've talked about Cabin Fever a lot in this episode. So I don't um, want to feel like we we didn't, but um. Uh, I want to thank you so much, uh, Sam, for coming on here and chatting with us. Yeah, for sure. Anytime you're talking Eli Roth or Kevin Bacon, (laughs) like, call me. (laughs) Yes, she's a huge Kevin Bacon fan. So Tremors and all that stuff was her, that's her jam. Yeah. You know, um, uh, so when you, you, yeah, I could see her face light up when you said Tremors, you know. I know. Well, the funny thing is, is, so I just actually switched from an iPhone to a Galaxy and uh-huh. you know how like there's Surrey, like in Galaxies, the little voice lady, it, it's Bixby, which is like the town yeah. from Tremors. And I was like, <gasps> I, like I like had a nerd gasm. I was like, Bixby. <laughs> 
Wait, that's his name? That's the galaxy's name? Like the That's the, like the, the little the, the voice talker thingy. Its name's Bixby. So yeah. if I want to say something, I say, hey Bixby. And like that's the town. The the oh, thing okay. I don't use that's constantly going off on my phone and I'm like, not you. Yes, that's Bixby. <laughs> Is that Bixby? Or so do you have a galaxy too? Yeah, I have a galaxy with a Bixby. I just don't use it. So it just likes to kind of butt in when I'm not ex- like trying to, and I'm just like, Ugh. I only use it just to literally say, hey, Bixby, and then (laughs) (laughs) she gets it. Oh, wow. She gets a little bit of an attitude. I just like to do everything in secret and in quiet. I don't want to talk to my phone and have everybody else hear me and hear what I'm looking up and what I'm doing. So I'm like, I'm just going to type it in. Nobody knows what I'm Googling. (laughs) That's funny. Well, this has been awesome. I love this. And yes, you're very welcome back. Um, I think starting next year, uh, we've talked about it, Sarah and I have talked about it before, but I think we're going to just do video. So it's not going to be podcast. This was podcast. Um, but the next, uh, next starting next year, I think it's going to end up being, uh, on our YouTube channel. Um, because we're still trying to use a lot of that. So, um, but this one is a podcast because we're, we're finishing up the season on, uh, Indie Film Cafe and, um, so thank you so much. This is awesome. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoy anything Cabin Fever. Like I just, I love that movie. And I, I watched the unrated version. So I saw like a couple extra scenes that weren't in the original, I don't think, but I couldn't really, I couldn't tell. I think there was a couple yeah. things and I was just like, that doesn't look familiar, but I'm not sure if I'm just not remembering it or not, yeah, you know, sure. it didn't, uh, but I will say if anybody wants to get the movie, I would suggest until they, unless they make like a 4k with like the, um, with like the Blu-ray and the DVD stuff in together. Um, I would suggest watching the DVD because the DVD has commentary from like five different like commentary tracks or something you know it's ridiculous but so much information like just listening to my favorite one was listening to writer and um eli roth talk about the fact that you know uh was it eli roth said something about uh uh the and it's in the uh was it um it's in the trivia but apparently he had gone was bloody and walked out and a bunch of schoolgirls saw him and freaked out and freaked out and stuff because at first they freaked out because oh my god there's a guy all bloody then they freaked out because there's sean from boy meets world oh my god right. and they start running at him and, is he in trouble yeah, right. but, no, but they start running toward him because they want to meet him and he's like ah it starts running away yeah he's <laughs> and, like i'm never gonna go off on my own again yeah <laughs> right. it was it, that's the smart especially in north carolina you know um, right. north kakalaka yeah. uh, it's not as bad as west virginia though and you know or wrong turn i think what hills have eyes might have been the desert or something yeah no i was thinking wrong turn yeah wrong turn uh is west virginia unless you watch the new wrong turn which is makes it virginia yeah which makes no sense whatsoever all of that whole thing i hated that we talked about that that (laughs) we talked about that on hard blood and coffee and we're just like oh that movie is they were angered i know which which was funny because that was like one of the first times you heard me yeah we never agreed until then and then we agreed you know like (laughs) that was that was it um 
So thank you guys so much. This has been awesome. Um, join us next month where uh, Sarah's got one. I forgot which one you got planned. I don't know if you. I don't that. remember either. I'm going to have to look at the list, but I, I bet you it's either going to be a crazy girl or it's going to be a horror comedy. Cause those are my two go-tos. You know me. Yeah. So usually she likes the crazy girl ones. Like what's the one we did the other, like couple uh, months we ago? did May and we also did the loved ones. Those are my some of my two crazy girl ones that we've recently done, you, and I just watched American Mary again because I wow. hadn't seen that forever, uh, and that was also like it had its moments where you know you know I was like, eh, but uh, it was it was also another amazing movie. Um, have you seen the Loved Ones, uh, Sam? I think it's an Australian so. movie. That was that it's was really Australian good. crazy girl movie, which we did a review on it or you know a podcast on it, and uh, no crazy girl gets rejected and and murders. So it's pretty cool. A prom, right. it's kind of got a little bit Carrie kind of prom thing, but yeah, it doesn't right? add, she does she doesn't go to prom. She has her own little prom. And it's just crazy. Right. It's a crazy, crazy yeah. movie. Like yeah. you'll have to see it sometime. It's just yeah, I wrote it down. Yeah. Uh, what did we watch? I think we watched it on Pluto TV for free. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for saving me like 20 minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find it uh, for free uh, somewhere. Right. Uh, it's one of those movies you find in like the $5 bin, you know, kind of like Cabin Fever and whatnot. Like it's kind of yeah. one of those like right. uh, movies that I thought was really good, but most people have never even heard about it. And it's an Australian film. And it, I had it. Like, if you like crazy girls who murder boys who don't love them, then, you know, it's great. Yeah, yeah May do. was May's the same way. May's yeah, like I like crazy. May. I like May. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I, I know we've got we've got some really fun ones planned. So yeah. I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to this year, uh, the season. Um, so with that being said, thank you guys all for checking this out. Uh, join us next month for uh, Sarah's episode. Yeah, and uh, once again, thank you all for uh, coming on tonight. Yeah. Yes, thanks. It's finally nice meeting you, Sarah. I've seen you on yeah. you know Facebook and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a good one, guys. We'll definitely have you back on yeah. as a guest. All right, well, great. We'll try to take something with Kevin Bacon in it for you, though. Ah, girlgasm. Thank you. Are <laughs> <laughs> you guys? You guys stay on, but everybody else uh, for listening. Thank you for listening, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Bye. Bye.